0: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Drunk Agile. Three weeks in a row. We're... Yeah. How do we do this? I don't know. It's, it's magic. incredible. Inconceivable. It's magic. Nisha, thanks for joining us. Pratik, thanks yep. for joining us. Um, hint, we're, we're all it's drinking the same. Oh, you can? That's a good yeah. night. That, that's a good yeah. night when you can see the teeth. <laughs> Um, We're wearing the same stuff. We're drinking the same stuff. Um, So we won't bore you with those details. But the detail we will bore you with. Is there um, a while ago, I know a week or two ago, there was a, a discussion on the ProKanban Slack community about capacity and agile teams. So, you know, if you're doing Scrum, if you're doing Kanban, if you're doing whatever, how do you figure out the capacity of, um, of your team? And that is the C word that we talked about in the last episode that Pratik kept mentioning. Um, and so we we figured we'd take this episode to talk a little bit more about what what do we mean when we say when we say whip limits and capacity. So Prateek, take it away.
1: Yeah, just just shoot. to add a little more color to that to that discussion. It, really, it was about figuring out when is a team over capacity or when is a team under capacity in, 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 for an actual team. And and funnily enough, this is exactly what your whip limits are supposed to do. Uh, if if you have a system where you have established WIP limits or some way of controlling WIP, that way of controlling WIP is meant to tell you if you're way over capacity, if the team is overburdened because they're working on too many things, or if you're way under capacity and the team uh, is starved for work, if you're way under that WIP. Um, That that, that is exactly what that WIP limit is supposed to tell you.
0: Yeah, uh, um, the, uh, because, you know, I. I don't want to insult anybody if if this is the way that you were taught or this is the way that, the way you practice because because you were taught this way but when people say things like in scrum velocity tells you your capacity that sounds very very strange to a flow ear I don't I don't even know how to process that statement it makes to me it makes absolutely no your velocity tells you your capacity no your capacity is is how many things you can work on at any given time and the only way this is what you were you were talking about the only way that you know that you can start new work is if the amount of things that you're working on right now is under that stated capacity that's that's the signal we keep talking about okay yeah we we can we can now pull something new in not not that hey we did 12 PBIs last week so we can do 12 PBIs this week that's not that's yeah. not what capacity means
1: and especially when we were talking about whether teams are, because this is, this is, I think, I think capacity gets used in two different ways. And, and, and the, the discussion was actually in a very positive way about how do we find out whether teams are overburdened or underburdened. That the other capacity discussion is usually how much capacity does this team have so we can plan out their next six years of work. Which I'm glad this was not the discussion. The discussion was how do we figure out if the team was overburdened or underburdened, um, using whether it's throughput or velocity or whatever for that um, is is it's 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 giving you in my opinion one the wrong signal because those things naturally vary, uh, and and two it's giving you too late a signal. Um, Let's talk about the first one. There there is a lot of natural variation, whether it's velocity or throughput. You have to put all that stuff into something like a process behavior chart to actually figure out if there was something out of bounds. Um, So that's not really that great a signal. That's why WIP is probably a better place to go. Um, The second one uh, being um, that it is actually retrospective or way after the fact that you're looking at this stuff. Um, that, that, that's, that's a discussion we kind of started having just before we got on this. So then you want to say something about why WIP might be a better thing to look at than historical data?
0: Well, well um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you do that. Cause I I want I I wanted to make a just very, very quick comment. Cause I was just thinking about, I, I don't know if you remember, it was, it was shortly after we first started working together and, um, I don't want to say argument but not not us it was it was a heated discussion with one of our one of the directors we were working with because he came in and he said you know hey well this team did x amount of stories last month so that means that they should do x amount of stories this month right and he had had absolutely no concept of that natural variation that you Mm -hmm. were talking about right Mm -hmm. i mean there is there is going to be variation in in that throughput data and it it's potentially a very very sig- significant variation not and that's not bad that's just your process yeah. telling you hey this is this is kind of routine this is uh, this is kind of normal whole different different blog series uh, drunk agile series whatever on on that topic um but yeah i was i was just thinking about that this whole idea of um of you know thinking well because we did so much in the past that's how much we should plan for in the future from a capacity perspective, just really how deeply, deeply flawed that thinking is. So anyway, back to you. Uh, You you finished the point that you were trying to make. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, so
1: the the point I was trying to make was the, the great thing with something like work in progress and it's like looking at those is you don't have to wait for an iteration to have ended or multiple iterations to have ended to go back and look at this stuff. You can do it just in time. You can do it continuously. Um, and, and I'm gonna steal what what Dan says about a bunch of this stuff is if, if you want continuous development, if you want continuous integration, if you want to do all this stuff continuously, why don't you want a process that works continuously? And, and that that that's where we want to move more and more towards uh, rather than looking at things retrospectively uh, after after a few months or a few iterations, whatever that is. We wanna look at things continuously and use something like whip limits to figure out right now, which team is overburdened or which team is underburdened, whatever that is.
0: Yeah, it's um, not, not not to spark some huge scrum debate on the comment section, although I'd, I'd maybe like to see it, um, but uh, imagine imagine you get really, really, really good at scrum and you're able, let's say you're doing two week sprints and you're able to hit your sprint goal on the fourth day of the sprint. Now what, now, you know, now what do you do? You, you know, I mean, I, I certainly have my thoughts um, and I'm sure, you know, scrum trainers out there would have kind of a scrum by the book, what you should be doing, but to me it's kind of obvious what you would do. And were you gonna say I, something?
1: I was gonna say, I I I have not received a consistent answer to that question every time I've asked it. So I would love, and again, I do not think to be a scrum expert, so. I would love some answers to, OK, what do I do if, if, uh, if again, because of the natural variation uh, of how things get done, not because we super under-committed, but just because of natural variation. We got the goal accomplished in four to five days, and our sprint was supposed to be 20 days. Uh, what do I do for the next 15 days? Do I pull in new stuff? Do I say the sprint is done and I start a new sprint? Do I just do maintenance work? What, what, what do I do at that point? I, I would love to find out uh, what people's opinions are. Yeah.
0: And this may sound like a tangent, but the point is, if, you're sitting, if, you're, if your system is signaling that you have capacity to do work, the flow answer to that problem is Start new work. You just if 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 you've got that signal that you have capacity, you just independent of any, independent of any goal, independent of any arbitrary bound sprint boundary, independent of any process framework that you're using, right? If, If your system is signaling you have capacity, you start new work. You know, that's that's what you do. Take that to its logical conclusion. And it's like, you know, every individual item that you're working on really should kind of be its own goal, right? I mean, it uh-huh. it should be independently valuable on its own, such that when you deliver it, you've, you've achieved something, you know, do we necessarily need an overarching goal for the next two weeks or, or or 30 days? Or can we work in this more continuous goal setting? You know, can we have continuous goals, you know? Something to think about. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but I'm saying it's it's an interesting thought experiment. You know, if you were to carry that through to its, its logical conclusion.
1: Yeah, and and again, it's 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 one of those things of if you want to go look at the last episode again, it's this thing of your whip limits are when your team works optimally. So that essentially is the quote unquote capacity of the team at any given moment. Which tells you whether you're overburdened or underburdened. So use that. That if you're working optimally, you will most likely hit your goals in, in an optimal way.
0: Right. Um one, one one final thing, because you know, we are drinking and so we're we are supposed to just kind of ramble on at this point. We are. Um because this uh, this came up in a conversation I was having today, as a matter of fact. I mean, think about wow, this whole episode sounds like we're scrum bashing and you know, I guess maybe <laughs> Kind of are but we're not i mean i'm not i'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that, that scrum is bad but i am saying if you're doing scrum there's certain things that you need to consider um think how expensive it is i mean just completely how expensive it is to empty out your whole system and then fill it back up and do that on a consistent basis on purpose every couple of weeks that's re- transactionally that's really Really expensive from a from a from a flow perspective, from a predictability perspective, from a stability perspective, um, it's it's almost impossible to recover from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyway, capacity continuous. These are all good C words that, that we you should be. Like, yeah,
1: it's like static friction and rolling friction. If you keep rolling, the friction is a lot lower. If you keep moving, as opposed to starting and stopping,
0: you have a lot more friction. Go I'm, I'm, I'm going to pretend physics. I know, know what you're talking. Yeah. Physics,
1: Whatever. people.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it would have been oh, better. If you with would, physics. <laughs> yeah. You would have just said inertia. Maybe that would have been better if you would have just said yeah. Um Okay. I anyway, yeah. whenever we start talking physics, we know that's that's our signal that it's the end of that the episode. Okay. Even Nish even is like, <laughs> please, guys, Thank shut you. up. All shut right. Up. For for Nisha for Pratik, uh, I'm Daniel. Thanks so much for watching. Uh, leave, leave us a comment. You know, if, if you um, if you agreed with this discussion, if you didn't, please leave us a comment, and we will address that comment either in um, some either next week or some future episode. So we will see you uh, in the next episode. Thanks everyone.